0: All right, here we are again. It is May 19, 2023. We are approaching Memorial Day. That means the summer. See, everybody says that's sort of the start of summer. To me, that means the summer's almost over because once you get to Memorial Day, it's like this downward uh, slide towards August. But um, at any rate, it is time for another healthy dose of Common Sense here at Common Sense Ohio. Or you could check it out at com. I am told that. Uh, Uh, All those folks who want to help us out, all those folks that are saying, what can we do to help uh, Common Sense Ohio? Well, you can just give us money. That would be great. And that's easy. You go to com. You can become a sponsor. Um, uh, But uh, maybe even more important, what we'd like you to do is subscribe. Go to com, or go to any other area, place, app, web ether place where you would subscribe to podcasts and check us out common sense ohio show and just subscribe and then share it with your buddies because look we got word from we've got all these famous people all over the world listening to us and one of them down in florida said there's another person up in dayton who uh the florida the florida person mentioned the common sense ohio show to the dayton person said oh yeah we listen to that everybody listens to that that's great stuff and uh, so all we're asking is, if you listen, tell your buddies, you know, it's okay. You can do it secretly at the neighborhood picnic over Memorial Day and say, look, there's a great show. It's about common sense. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't discriminate. We're all inclusive. And we just try to give a common sense view of the world from Ohio. Why? Because we are right in the middle here. Get what I did there. Um, anyway, we've got the typical crew at the table. We've got uh, Brett Circle Two Seventy Media, Norm uh, Blitz Racing. Norm is uh, joining us remotely from Cincinnati. I, I know we're pressing your technological uh, uh, capabilities here, but Norm's here on Zoom. Norm, you got us.
1: I do. All and right. as always, I, I need to open up by saying I love everybody, even people I vociferously
0: disagree with. All right,
2: we know. <laughs> I, know, I don't know what that means for the rest of the, of the show.
0: Right,
2: right, exactly. right. Anyway, and we got
0: a special guest today, so I promised guests, and now we have one. Uh, we have Robert Cooperman. Uh, in, for those who followed some of my other iterations of this at Lawyer Talk, he's been a guest here down at 511 Studio C before. But uh, we got to meet uh, Robert when, you know, guess what he does? He has a theater in town called Stage Right. Did I get that right, Rob. It's
3: Stage Right Theatrics. If stage you want to be right you know, theatrics. really all inclusive,
0: yes. Yeah. Now he sounds like he's got an Ohio. Well, wait a minute. You don't sound like you have an Ohio accent. We'll get Not to that. Not at all. Um, but <laughs> Robert Cooperman, and he's he runs a theater. He, he manages a theater here, right here in Dublin, Ohio, and uh, uh, it, he's got some really uh, interesting, a really interesting angle on the arts and theater. So we've got a guy who is maybe a little bit uh, common sense, like we are. That means conservative, like we are. And uh, does it with an artistic flair. So, how does that happen? We're stay tuned. We're about to find out. Uh, so, Robert, why don't we just start, man? Why don't you introduce yourself? I know I already know this stuff, and and we know this stuff, but nobody else does it. That or, I don't want to say nobody. Others yeah, may not really. We'll just
3: say others may not. There might be a few out there that don't know. But I'm Robert Koopman. I am the founder and president, as Steve said, of uh, Stage Right Theatrics. We've been in the, we have been in existence for about seven years now. And our goal is to produce theater from a conservative traditional point of view, because I think we are bombarded every day with messages, messages through the arts as well as other uh, avenues of this woke left wing ideology. And I've and I said about seven years ago, how come we don't see the conservative point of view on stage when everybody in the arts is talking about inclusivity and diversity? And there was none as far as I'm concerned. So I decided to you know stick my neck out and create this company. And we started um, with a one night only conservative theater festival, which of course shook up the hackles of the local theater community. Uh, but since then it's become a staple of our of our company. And we do it every year uh, and we produce plays by mostly, people across the landscape who, and I mean, you know, the country who feel that their voice is not being heard because of the themes and slant of their particular plays. And so at least I give them a forum in which their plays can be read and possibly performed.
0: And, you know, it's not just, uh, from talking to you before, it's not just that, uh, the conservatives, are getting excluded it's certain plays that maybe don't have a certain message get excluded whether the writer might be conservative or not conservative or what's your experience with that
3: well look plays get it get rejected in general for one reason for a couple of reasons one of which the play stinks all
0: right we'll that, give that one, we'll right. give that one right okay, okay. That's, that's that's so a, okay
3: woke not woke whatever if right. the play sucks if the play sucks we're not going to when and i didn't know to use the word sucks because you know i'm from new york city and i, I would never and guessed. we don't
0: we don't talk like that. There. No, it's all like you, you, formal King's English. It's and all, exactly. Oh, well, God, I'm from sure. Queens,
3: so that's close enough. Queens English. <laughs> right. So anyway, that's one reason. Another very practical reason why plays do not get produced is because they are unproducible. And what that means is, you know, that the, um, the playwright puts in something like, uh, there'll be a full-scale battle of knights coming on in full armor, and then in the next scene is sunshine and an empty landscape. You can't do these things. and Even yeah. major Broadway houses can't do these things. Um, so that's another reason. But let's face it: the arts are dominated by the left, and if the left sees something in a play that will that uh, triggers them, a message, a theme, a character who is not you know towing the ideological line, then they will reject that play outright, whether the play is merited or not.
0: Well, let me ask you this: because it seems to me that so, I, and look just from listening to the sources that I have. That it's not just that they that they uh, have messages that certain uh, movies, scripts, books, plays, whatever it would be, have a certain message that is contrary to uh, the ideology. It is that they don't actually promote the ideology. So it's become almost passive at times where your your art has to do something that that promotes a certain ideology, not just uh, is contrary to it, but actually has to push has to promote it.
3: No, no, I would absolutely agree with that. And my fear is that it's becoming so commonplace that, you know, people just accept that this is the ideology. Yep. And that's why we need a company like Stage Right Theatrics to offer a counterpoint of view. You know, we're not looking to take over the arts, although that wouldn't be terrible, you know. But but we are looking for a place at the table. And right now we're not even allowed in the room. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's why we exist. And I exist um, among... You know, a theater community in general that just, you know, scorns me or have they've gotten used to the fact that I exist because I've been around for seven years. Yeah, right. You, you're not going away. I'm not going away. Right. So like I'm, I'm this rash that keeps coming up on their skin. But um, more and more, we do have people who are willing to work with us. Uh, but the general consensus is that, you know, I won't go to see his shows and I won't go to see his his uh, and I won't audition for him. Because I am a tolerant person, and, uh, you know, I I just can't tolerate them. <laughs> so you would let them audition,
0: but they won't audition for you. That's correct. And you're intolerant. That's Exactly.
3: Yes. Exa- you hit it right on the head. See, that yeah. doesn't
0: make common sense to me, and we, this is what no. we kick around here All at the table. No, there is
3: no common sense attached to this. It's it's they. I don't know. They feel that by working with my company, which, by the way, I have to say— We are, I think, among the most inclusive and diverse companies out there because we don't have a litmus test for who can join us. I've had people of all colors and people of all sexual persuasions, and I've also worked with people with physical and emotional handicaps.
0: Yeah, so nobody's going to come to you and say, well, look, I happen to be... Uh, of a certain sexual preference, mm-hmm. or I happen to be of a certain uh race, or th- I believe certain things. You're not kicking them out the door for all. any of that. If they're right for the part, come on in. Yeah, have at or, it.
2: Or you're not going to accept them just because.
3: That's exactly right. They that's have, exactly right. You
2: know, th- that's a no, good point. No left toe. Right. You know, Even though they for, might
3: claim that that because that becomes their yeah. their their straw man argument. Right. You know. So,
2: so are you scorned because of just the ego that's in the? Oh. In, in the industry is oh it i just think based on ego basically? i don't know if it's
3: based solely or, on ego but, but i do think it, it is. is a lot of it is ego is, okay. but there's this odd feeling that you know if they work with my company i don't know they're going to become conservative they might see another point of view and that will trigger them i don't know what or, it means or is there a potential being blackballed for for uh, for them yes is yes there?
0: yes i think there is wow yeah um Wow. Oh, you we, worked we with Cooperman over at Stage Right. The so That's right. Don't even don't even oh, show up. Oh, I definitely wow. think that is that it's is like going liking on. somebody's tweet that's in the wrong. You know, you Jeez. can't. Uh,
3: yes, we did our festival, our annual festival, in uh, early February, and we had some cast members who were um, of the LGBT community. Mm. Like I, like I cared. Yeah, you know, like, who cares? it didn't matter. We right. weren't sitting around discussing this. And uh, from what I heard. Through my sources, to quote you, Steve, to my sources told me that um, they. W- one person was told, you are, you know, you, you can get hurt. Jeez. Yeah, you can get just hurt. From, just, just from being, from being associated yeah. with us.
0: See, in my line of work, which is criminal defense attorney work, that, we call that guilt by association. And everybody mm-hmm. would normally hear that and say, that's bad. Right. It's, you shouldn't find somebody guilty just because they're associating with somebody who might otherwise be guilty, right or wrongly. And uh, now it's become sort of the, it's like it's, everything that's good is bad and everything that's bad is good. Everything that it's, the world's upside down right
3: upside now. Upside down, right. That, I, I would agree. Robert, um,
1: uh, can you hear me okay?
3: I can, loud and clear.
1: Okay. I, uh, being remote, uh, I just wanted to jump in and, and point out, I believe this is correct, that you... Uh, part of your outreach has been to work in theater organizations in the Ohio, Central Ohio general area. Yep, And um, you're you're actually heading up as it, either treasurer or director or, you know, some some sort of leadership role in that community. Yep. which involves theater companies, which would be in editorially uh, diametrically opposed. Right. And you're working well with those other people.
3: Yeah. That's- and so
1: I think it shows that uh, to me, if I have that straight, it, it shows that, uh, you know, you, you don't uh, you don't just cashier other people and feel like you, you can't play in the playpen with them. You're 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 uh, you're out there slogging away, working with other people, uh, you know, and I think I think that's long term how we uh, how we spread peace and harmony is by not staying in our lane, but feeling like uh, the entire swimming pool is a place where we're allowed to be.
3: I, I, I,
1: I think. If I have that correct, could you explain your role with the other theater groups?
3: Sure, sure. And I appreciate you bringing that up, Norm. Um, I I am on the executive committee of the Central Ohio Theater Roundtable. The Central Ohio Theater Roundtable is a consortium of about 30-something theater companies. We have a lot of theater companies in Columbus, in the Central Ohio area, a lot of them. Uh, maybe too many of them, but that's another topic. Um, but we have uh, these this group. We get together, uh, and we try to promote theater. And, you know, as part of our mission statement is a, is all the obligatory words about diversity and inclusion and all that stuff. Um, I am the treasurer, um, which gives you an idea how bad off they are financially. Right. How could
0: you be trusted with that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely.
3: No, you know, the fact of the matter is there are a few people who are um, – uh, influential in theater in in the Central Ohio area, who did say, uh, you know, even though I may not agree with you, I respect your right to do what you're doing, and it's people like this who help me along. But they are few and far between. Um. So uh, yeah. So as a matter of fact, I'm running for treasurer uh, again uh, on Sunday, is our elections at the Central Ohio Vote Theater for Robert. Well. I think I got a good shot because I'm running unopposed but um, so you're either gonna get blackballed I'm either gonna get back yeah so I'm either gonna get blackballed or I'm gonna win this thing by a landslide right. uh, so I, I feel pretty or, good about or, my chances or you, they have an AI treasurer that's, that's right. this. <laughs> exactly yeah. we, look you never know I like being on the executive some of the people who are on the executive committee now have decided not to continue um uh, for uh, personal reasons etc but i like being on the executive committee because i feel that keeps me at the forefront of what's going on in theater in the central ohio area and the people i work with there have all been wonderful to me on a one to one basis but yeah. you you don't find these people coming to my shows i come mm-hmm. to their shows <laughs> i go to their shows but they don't come to my yeah. shows but on a human level just one on one everything's everything's cool Uh, somebody wrote about me on Facebook. I think it was a posting, you know, opposed to what I'm doing in my existence. And he said, yes, Robert is a kind of a jovial fellow, but he is trying, of course, to undermine democracy.
0: Yeah, you you look like a guy who's uh,
3: subversive that way. I am. Well, that's how I... You know, that's how I isn't that insane. trick you.
0: I mean, it's a, you're undermining democracy exactly. because you want to put you will put on anybody on your stage who has a good play. That's right.
2: And, and they're angry because you have people filling the seats.
3: That, yes. And, and one person wrote, I, I mean, I he has every right to to put on his shows. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. I hope I hope he has very small audiences. Well, thank wow. you very much. Yeah. This is a theater person, you know, not supporting theater.
0: Well, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you about your shows in a second, but yeah. one quick question. How yeah. many others in the country, in the world, are doing what you're doing? In other words, showcasing, uh, sort of expressly including all forms of theater arts as opposed to excluding Mm-hmm. Now, you see what I said there? I didn't say showcasing conservative plays because I don't think that's just what you're doing.
3: No, not necessarily. Well, yes and no. We can talk about that. I guess showcase meaning that's all you're doing.
0: Yeah. Um, but who, who else is doing it? Who else is going to play a conservative play with or from a conservative writer? I'm, from
3: my research, zero. I'm in. Oh, really? When you're you at- look up conservative theater, you find me. And that's how people find me because there are people, obviously, in the arts who are more conservative and say, you know, I'm not. I'm not getting anybody to pay attention to me uh, across the the, theater landscape. They look up conservative theater, and boom, I come up. And then, you know, they contact me and they send me a play or they, they you know, talk to me or they want to interview me, et cetera. But and,
2: that doesn't mean a show or a, a series of shows may not have a, cons- like a Catco, a, a which I know is not now, not the name, could have a conservative show in their lineup. Potentially. Yeah,
3: yeah potentially, of but course. But not, not a full, of focus. Course. Not no, a full no, focus. No, no, not like a full like focus. Okay. Look, I mean, I've actually stopped using the word conservative for my theater festival this year. Okay. I just call okay. it the Stage Right Theater Festival. Yeah. I think it served its purpose in that we were announcing to the world that we're
0: going to be something
3: else.
2: Well, Kentucky right? Fried Chicken didn't have to do the fried piece of it anymore. That's for right. A while.
0: That's right. So, yeah. So this, this brings us to how, how I encountered you because I listened to a, uh, I guess, who would be a conservative thinker, although he doesn't strike me as all that conservative if when, you, when you hear it all he has to say. But Andrew Klavan, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's conservative, I guess, by de, by definitional structure, but a right. uh, very open-minded guy about mm-hmm. all ideas, all thoughts. And Andrew Clavin is one of the guys who was um, I, I have turned to For all sorts of insight and thoughts on not only uh politics but mostly art you know he's an artist he's a writer he's written tons of novels he's written uh, movie scripts um anybody out there who hates him he probably liked some of his stuff without even knowing it yeah (laughs) um and i think that's how he found you so andrew clavin now i think he's with the daily wire which is a, a conservative news network or conglomerate of podcasts and shows and other media now uh how did he find you? And when I heard him talking about uh, one more thing, I heard him. I heard him talking about a play in in Dublin, Ohio. I was sitting on my on my couch listening to his podcast, and he's like, "Yeah, be, um, my play is showcasing in Dublin, Ohio." And I'm like, "Well, I live in Ohio, and that's like ten minutes for me. Yeah. How do I get tickets?" I immediately went online and I bought four tickets, and I called Norm and said, "Hey, you, my son, and I are going to this play. You're going with us, and um, and uh, we went." But sort of give us that backstory on how sure. all that happened.
3: Sure. Um, Well, I had made a connection with the Heritage Foundation. Um, I actually went to Washington. um, Somebody introduced me to one of the people at the Heritage Foundation, and we were chatting about what we can do to promote conservatives in the arts, and they were thinking about doing some kind of a a conference or something like that. Anyway, I was on a a call, like a Zoom call. The person I was in contact with was Katie Gorka, who is Sebastian Gorka's wife. And she's no longer with the Heritage Foundation, but we were chatting, and here's Andrew Clavin. And, you know, I knew the name, but I wasn't, you know, absolutely sure. But anyway, he was part of the conversation. And not long after that conversation, I got a, an email from him saying, hey, I've got this play uh, called The Uncanny. It's based on my novel, and I was wondering if you'd be willing to take a look at it, you know. And so I I looked at it, and I— and, um, I, I really liked it. I read it a couple of times. I really, really liked it. There were a couple of things that I felt were, you know, along that unproducible strain, you know, yep. that with my budget. But I talked to him about it, and I said, you know, we, we can't do exactly what you're thinking, but we can do this. And he was so thrilled to uh, – at least that's the perception I got. He was very thrilled to have um, – us consider doing it. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And I and I really benefited by getting a director who was a film guy, a film buff, and he turned some of those scenes that Clavin had set on stage into film pieces. And it was a multimedia, and hey, hey, listen, you know it was fabulous. It was incredible. Uh, And the great thing was that Clavin was so generous with his time, not only through email, conversing with with me and the director, but also
0: came to the show. Yeah, he was Mm -hmm. there. So Norm, you were there, and and what's interesting about it, and I'll let Norm comment on this too, (laughs) I, I, I didn't, yeah, I think, it didn't yeah, strike me as a, like, it, it wasn't a conservative agenda. No. It was just a play. No, it was a play.
3: Well, right. yeah, if, if you, if you narrow it down to say, you know, it's got to have a particular conservative agenda, then yeah, then it would be really a very political piece, I think. Ha- and we do produce those. However, um, we are pushing, if I can talk about this now, we yeah, are, please. yeah uh, we are pushing something called the natural theater. And the natural theater is something that I came up with, um, and it, what it talks about is how do we present on stage or through the arts the, the philosophy of the founding of this country, which involves human nature, natural rights, right, the nature's God, things like that. What does that mean? Well, it means that we have protagonists on stage who are not defined by their victim status, Uh, It means that um, things at the end of the play, even if there's death, even if there's suffering, even if there's sorrow, there is going to be hope and redemption. Uh, which I think is very important, and I think, and meaning. And I think that's very important because we see a lot of these plays, especially from you know from the, the the times of the world wars to the present, where we are told that we are kind of adrift in this meaningless, cold universe with with no meaning that we can subscribe uh, uh, subscribe to objectively, but rather just you know the meaning that we create for us at the moment. Well, my theater company rejects that. Uh, because I don't believe, not only A, I don't believe it, but B, I don't believe that that's, that was part of the founder's vision. I mean, there right. was clearly hope and redemption and, and a betterment of human beings. Another piece of that is um, human nature drives dramatic conflict. Okay? It's not oppression, state oppression, you know, or anything like that, bigotry, or any of those isms and things that people accuse conservatives of. It is human nature that drives, uh, that drives that, and it is the realization by the character, the main character, if you will, the hero. Oh, do I, do I say hero? hero do you yeah, yeah. have heroes anymore and not mean a Subway sandwich? Um, right. Not been a hero who's not also a victim. Right. That's right. That, or is a victim, is a hero by virtue of his or, or know, her. Only victim. a hero because he's a victim. He's a victim, right. These people recognize within themselves their flaws, and- and work to improve their flaws and not blame everybody else. Those are the kinds of things we support in the natural theater because I think it's as the founders said, you know, was was naturally the way human beings operate. You remember a very famous uh, quote from the Federalist 51 by James Madison said if men were angels there'd be no need for government. Yeah. And uh, my my twist on that is if men and I'm being inclusive, men and women, of course, but if men were angels, there'd be no need for theater.
0: It's uh that's a great quote. Isn't that right? brilliant? I right. think it's brilliant. Thank well, you. Well, and <laughs> what you're talking about is, is, uh, is I have, uh, you know, you, you have to recognize that this is not just the founding of our country. This goes way back to like, uh, the, almost the origin, right? This notion that you overcome adversity and take responsibility for yourself and we are on a journey to improve ourselves. None of us are perfect and we've got to, uh, uh, we have to overcome. And that's where the satisfaction of life is found, not in becoming a victim and then getting everybody's sympathy. And That's right. and, And, you know, all the best stories, I'm trying to think of some examples, but it seems to me all the best stories in our arts are like that.
3: Oh, you're absolutely right. And, the, and, and you know, I focused on the founding of the country because this is America, sure. and I, I want to celebrate the red, white, and blue. But the fact of the matter is, you can find a great natural theater play in Sophocles' Oedipus yeah. or in Shakespeare. I was going to say, just pick a Shakespeare <laughs> play. I, pick I, a Shakespeare I was just going to ask yeah. what
2: your thoughts are on, on the, the, the Shakespeare works in regards to what you're trying to, you know, because people have, have a relationship with Shakespeare works. Right. Somebody has, they like one Mm-hmm. Yeah. of his works just something's clicked you yep. know that's where i think so, right yeah. yeah i think
3: Shakespeare. you know pick it pick the play hamlet macbeth mm-hmm. lear any of those I'm, I'm focusing on the tragedies of course because they make the most um thematic sense but um yeah shakespeare heroes if you will even if they are dead at the end which in a shakespearean tragedy there's really nobody left but um they they Uh, fulfill the requirements of the natural theater. Let's put it that way.
0: And Let me ask you this. I know I'm going to get off topic a little bit, but I'm curious your opinion on it. Um, Is there a backlash against Shakespeare in theater? In other words, are people still producing Shakespeare plays uh, or has that become sort of uh, anti woke and people aren't aren't uh, aren't doing it anymore? Because it seems like even the even the most liberal actors, even the craziest ones, you know, they start with doing Shakespeare in the Park or something.
3: Yeah, absolutely. There is a pushback on Shakespeare, but it's not a pushback that um, puts him out of the way. It, what it does is they've cha- they change the plays. Uh you know, they change the plays. So now you have you have all kinds of things. Look, is, that's not to say that you know a piece like Hamlet is is not open to interpretation and placed in a different setting or, you know, different kinds of, um, you know, not Danish
0: royalty, let's put it that way. Yeah, you could take the same story. Well, look, right.
2: look how many times Romeo and Juliet's been done over, over, over. I mean, that's that right. it's underlying theme of, of a movie, it's like, oh, that's Romeo and
3: Juliet. That's <laughs> you know, right, that's yeah, right. Exactly. You're exactly right. Yeah. So um, that's what's going on. There's, there's a movement now to, you know, exp- well, there has been for a while, but it's picking up some steam again to expose Shakespeare as the, you know, kind of white supremacist that he was, you know. Uh, and uh, which, of course, I'm saying tongue in cheek. Yeah, which I can do. Right. Yeah, It just doesn't work out that way. Um, but yeah, uh, as a white supremacist, you know, and so they're applying a woke veneer to Shakespeare. When when you're dealing with Shakespeare, you're dealing with somebody who's been interpreted so much over the last few hundred years that you know it's almost accepted that we're going to have a new take on him, a new point of view on him. But when you dig right down to it and strip all that veneer away, what you've got are the kinds of plays that we were describing that talk about, speak to human nature, and and the, uh, Redem- and the tr- and redemption, and, and hope, and, 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 and <laughs> the triumphs and tragedies of being a human being. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and there's a, he had a little wokeness, right? Wasn't the Twelfth Night, there was some cross dressing going on in the Twelfth there was, Night. There was, there was, you
3: know, didn't have the same purpose I don't as think it. They were quite you know, trans, yeah. <laughs> yeah they yeah, you know, they weren't trans. No, they weren't identifying as different. Trans. She, they were. But she was for, not
0: necessarily trans. Right,
3: right. And he took that a lot of that in his comedies from Roman comedy. The, Interesting. Uh, I didn't well, know it, yeah, wasn't, yeah. It,
1: wasn't it the case, Robert, uh, back uh, on Stratford upon Avon, that uh, at the Shakespeare, uh, that, uh,
0: all of the female. Hold on, you're breaking up, Norm. Were, were, That's hard to were do.
1: Actually, male.
0: Active. Yes. Oh. Yes. So, 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 repeat the question so we all got it. Yeah. Norm, you're breaking up on us a little bit. They, so. were,
1: they were men. Playing Sorry. women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, that was the,
3: that was the thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were men, they were young boys yeah. playing women,
0: yeah, yeah. that's oh. absolutely true, yeah, yeah. Not, usually
3: not men, usually young boys playing women. Hmm.
0: So it, you know, back back to it, we got sort of sidetracked on Shakespeare, but uh, you uh, you produced a Clavin production, and right. I got to say, it was a phenomenal play. It was a phenomenal yeah. experience, yeah. And what what really hit me is that afterwards, Clavin comes out on stage with the cast. Yep. And you and, and there was a QA. Yep. Um and what I what really uh struck me as with a little bit of hope is that even the cast who didn't agree politically with Clavin right, right um were there and talking. Look, we don't agree necessarily with him, but we're here to perform our art and do what we do. And right. you know, the, the people who were who were actors in the play... Uh, did it phenomenally, even though they didn't agree politically. Imagine how that could happen.
3: Yeah. It, it it was a wonderful forum for that. And you know, we do a talk back after every show we do. That's talk back it, in the industry to, right to, now. Yeah, yeah, I'd like you to use the jargon, please. Yeah. <clears throat> Habeas so, corpus. <laughs> uh, and um, so, so yeah, he, we do a talk back, but of course, this one featured Clavin. We've had talk backs with playwrights before, but none. That
0: were Andrew Clavin,
3: Yeah. And he yeah. was very, and then afterward, he signed autographs and sat at the desk and
0: met yeah. people and took pictures. Sure. Anna talked to him, you know, and he, he, it felt like he would have talked to me longer if I would have stuck around, but there was a line.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a wonderful experience and it really, it put us a little bit on the map, you know, that, that production. True. We're in Bora Bora and I want to be in, you know, <laughs> you know, somewhere else, but we're there.
0: So what's the current... What you said you just finished a production. Yeah. what uh, you just finished, and where are we going next?
3: Okay, well, the production we just finished was called That Poor Trapped Man, and it was by a playwright uh, who happens to be an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, and uh, his name is Joshua Denise, And this, and he has written a play for us before for our festival, and he presented this play to me, and I was blown away, not only with the strength of the writing, but I saw immediately that this was a parable for the Middle East conflict. And the situation, if I, if I may, the situation was that th- there's this man named Jackie Cohen. Can't get more Jewish than Cohen. Okay, so Jackie Cohen, who gets has the deed to this house, the deed he got from his father, and he comes in and the neighborhood is all filled with mansions, uh, but he's got this little teeny, you know, kind of a nothing of a house house. Uh, that he's holding on to. Now, now, picture this and start thinking Middle East. He's this one lone Jewish character, although it's not expressly talked about that he's Jewish, but and he is surrounded by people who want to kill him. Uh, and in the house is a squatter named Eddie, and that's the poor trapped man, and Eddie doesn't want to leave that territory. So other these brothers come in. They're all brothers. They're all related. Eddie and these other brothers come in and they negotiate with Jackie so that Eddie gets to live in Jackie's closet while Eddie has while Jackie has the house. And then Eddie, of course, proceeds to try to kill Jackie every chance he gets. And, uh, you know, and it turns out that the media is on Eddie's side. They feel he's the poor, trapped, abused man. His, Jackie's own children turn against him. They denounce him because he's not caring enough for this poor, trapped man who's trying to kill him. Uh, so they negotiate at some point that Eddie gets to take the whole living room in exchange for peace. So you see the land for peace gambit, yeah, yeah, gambit yeah, yeah.
0: That, that has no end.
3: That's right. That, well, that's the whole point in the play is that next they try to get the staircase and next they try to get the upper level first. They came for our guns.
0: That's right. Yeah,
3: that's right. Um, so it, it, it's actually a very, very funny play, uh, which puts it in kind of the absurdist vein. But absurdism tells you, as I mentioned before, that we live in a meaningless universe um, this tells you that there is hope because at the end we light a candle and there's hope. Uh, and it's all from a Jewish perspective, and the media is complicity. Uh, Joshua Denise, the playwright, skewers the media. He skewers the younger generation who have no idea what that deed means, even though Jackie keeps saying to his kids, please read the deed. The deed, of course, is the covenant. Yeah. The deed, of course, is, if you will, the Hebrew Bible. What's in the Hebrew Bible? The, the Old Testament, as they say. And so— I was thrilled with this play. The playwright came in on Sunday to see the performance. But what also, I guess, thrilled me in some way was that during the talkback, we had people who walked out. Very few. But we had people who walked out after the first act. And we had people, you know, telling us that the portrayal of Eddie as a Palestinian, because they figured it out. He's a Palestinian that nobody wants. His own brothers don't want him because you know the Palestinians were not accepted by any of the Arab nations when Israel declared its independence. Um, they were appalled and quote-unquote offended by the portrayal of, the, uh, of Eddie as a Palestinian as dirty and ignorant and illiterate, etc. They were appalled by this. It did get me thinking. It did get me thinking about, you know, not that I would change a word of it, um, but it got me thinking, I mean, we as conservatives are appalled and offended by things we see in the arts. For example, uh, if you recall the famous Piss Christ, if you recall that, which yeah. was a photograph of yeah. a, a statue of Christ on the cross immersed in urine. Yeah. And the guy who did it, he, he said, I don't understand. He said... I'm, I'm a practicing Christian. <laughs> he said, why, why all the other? He says, I'm trying to say, in, or at least somebody interpreted it as, he's showing that Christ has lost his value in the world by immersing him in urine. But people on the right, religious people, were appalled by this and offended. So it made me think, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's wrong for piss Christ to offend us, then it's wrong for me to offend somebody else. You know, uh, and so I mean, you may or may not agree with it. I'm kind of working it out you're, in my you're, mind. You're,
0: you're playing through it. I guess, you know, what's the point of the of the of the art? Maybe what what is what is the artist trying to portray, mm-hmm. and why? And isn't it our job to either like it or not our job? But it's our it's our we we either like it or we don't. We yeah. either understand it or we don't. But I think it's unfair. Maybe what we try to do here at Common Sense Ohio, and maybe the conservative um, ideal. It's such a weird word to. to to call what how I believe but yeah. it's like we're open-minded I try to be open-minded about it I try to right. see what they're trying to do and I think right. some of the some of the stuff that I would I I'd sort of roll my eyes at coming the other way mm-hmm. when it's so blatantly gratuitously in your face about what somebody's trying to do and say. There was a Tom Hanks movie recently. I forget what it oh, was. Yeah, I watched yeah, it on yeah. Netflix. And, you know, it wasn't a bad movie. He was this old codger who, you know, was in the neighborhood and his wife had died of cancer or something. And, you know, in the midst of it, they put this trans guy. Right. I heard about and it. And cram it down your throat in a way that's like, it was such a red herring. And I was watching it with my son, and he and I both were sort of rolling our eyes. And it's like, I just looked at him. I was like, why do that? Why, why? like why why it wasn't Except even it wasn't statement. even veiled it was just it was an obvious yeah. statement so right. maybe maybe that's in that that probably is true both ways i mean why shove can, uh, why shove the other side at somebody in such a, a red herring way? But it doesn't sound like that's what this play was. It was no. more of a. It was baked into the story.
3: Yeah. Well, this person th- also thought that uh, that it represented the Republicans trying to take over democracy, and of course, she knew, threw the name Trump out there.
0: Yeah, which is so, lunacy. So, yeah, right.
3: which is lunacy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I thought about at le- as I'm starting to think about this more, and I, I plan to write an article, or I hope to write an article for the Epic Times about that. I am a contributor to the Epic Times, and I was thinking that you know what. The art itself has to; it it shouldn't be silenced uh, be, as a piece of art. I, I think the, the let the public decide whether they want to embrace it or not. You know, so it, the art itself, I think, should not be censored. You know, there was some movement with that and with uh, the Maplethorpe exhibits yeah. and um, the the other one, the the Holy Virgin Mary with the elephant dung on it. That I know, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, who I like. Um, said that he wanted the Brooklyn Museum not to show it, and that's where I had. That's where I think I was. I was work, working this through in that. I think
0: it should be shown. I th- you know. You know what it is, though. Maybe. Maybe it, we're talking sort of like this Overton window idea of like what is so far out there is so offensive to one side or another that you can't even show it. But would, I think what bugs me the most is when people act like something is awesome just because it has this sort of red herring yep. in it. You know, it's like people are staring at a blank wall and calling it art. When I'm looking at it. <laughs> yes. you know, and music is this way, too. But in the, the 90s sort of alt rock, a lot of this sort of happened. People, mm. I remember just listening to something. I was like, look, I get what they're doing. This is horribly out of key. And they're trying to make some statement. They're trying to do something different. I appreciate it. But it really sucks. I hate it. Right. And then and you're looking at people and they're like acting like they like it. That's right. When they really don't. And that, that, I think that's maybe what bugs me about some of this stuff mm-hmm. is when people fake it yeah. and, and want to like it because they, they want to be part of this uh, progressive notion that right. we're smarter and we've transcended this conservative BS, especially if you're in the arts. We yeah. yeah. oh, no, it's, we it's, it's almost like,
1: it's, it's almost like a product placement, you know, like mm-hmm. showing some kind of promotional thing mm-hmm. in a movie and it in it it doesn't really fit the the flow of the story it's 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 like a it's like a boulder in the middle of a flat plain you know mm-hmm. you know you, you know some glacier dropped it there but it doesn't really belong right. and you're wondering you know why is this actor holding a can of coke in a movie with the label you know so prominently Amazing. featured it, mm-hmm. it's just clunky to do that robert i wanted to ask you about a play that i regret didn't know about your theater at the time yeah but i'm fascinated by this uh i believe an irish playwright that you've worked with uh phylum mccleer yeah uh an immigrant an immigrant to the united states yeah and he he did a play that you premiered i believe that's right called ferguson truth matters yep It just blows me away. There's African-American actors and actresses that that were in your theater with this production. And can you tell us about that? Because that is such a taboo subject. It's remarkable that you waded into that subject matter
3: well i did thank you i did because theater has never been a safe space so you know i i i, I want my theater to advance uh, some other ideas and one of them was the i uh, the one of them was the ideas that were presented well this this is terrible english i have a phd in english this is not saying a lot for the the ohio state university's uh, english department um the idea in <laughs> Fellow McAleer, McAleer's play was that he took the transcripts of the, um, I don't know if you call it a trial or, or there was some, some kind of a legal, I, I, here I am talking to you, it's some kind of a legal um, meeting, if you will, uh, of the policeman who shot uh, Michael Brown, I think was his name, in Ferguson. And he put it together to show that the policeman was justified. Yeah. in shooting him uh but the media covered it differently right hands up don't shoot which never happened um and so he you know he put this together and I found I can't remember how I found out about it but I contacted him he responded to me and he gave me the rights to do it and so we were the we were the Ohio premiere of this play you know so that wow. I can I can claim that to fame and um yes there were um African American. I don't like the hyphenated Americans. I'm sorry. There were black performers, yeah, in the show, uh, who you know vehemently disagreed with this. I don't know what there was to disagree with because you know these were facts, right? He presented these facts and laid it out there, and you saw quite logically that uh, the policeman ha- was justified in shooting Michael Brown, lest the policeman get killed. Um, and uh, so th- these people did. V- vehemently disagree, but they did it for the art. They also did it for the director, I have to say, who said, can you do me a favor? And they did it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't really – I'm not really concerned about their motivation for doing it. The fact is they were up there and they did it. Now, after each show, we, of course, did a talk back. And the director asked that this uh, this kind of um, social scientist kind of guy – I can't remember. I think he has a counseling um, uh, business, whatever, here in, in town – uh, a black guy come up and lead the discussion, and uh, that worked out fine because we had those who vehemently are opposed to the kinds of things that were presented were given the space to speak their minds, and actually some mm-hmm. of them thanked me afterwards. Well, good, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what we're all about. Let's have the civil conversation. I'm not budging from my point of view, you know, but. I'm going to unlike the left. I'm going to allow another point of view and let the marketplace of ideas decide which is the which is the one that's going to win out.
2: Well, just like you have on your website, I love this. Disagreement does not equal hate. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Isn't yeah. that, uh,
0: what a great statement. Thank it, you. It is. We've it, trademarked that because I don't want anybody else using it. No, I what, agree. <laughs> what I, well, we just <laughs> broke the trademark. No, what what, what? what? You just said something that made me uh, draw a parallel between what I do. I, I get the question all the time. I represent people charged with crimes. Do it. Day in and day out, if right. you, whether they've they're accused of raping a child, which is horrid, killing somebody, or even a speeding ticket, and people always ask, you know, how do you represent all those guilty people? And maybe an actor has to struggle with this a little bit too. It's like, how do I take a role uh, that I don't agree with? And and you know, I, I, I used to argue. I, I took classical guitar, and my uh, my instructor. Uh, would always disagree that what I did, and I don't know if he disagreed, but he sort of eye rolled when I say what I do a lot is art. You know, I have to, mm-hmm. I have to, I have to find something I believe in in the case, become that person, sort of like acting, mm-hmm. and then portray it in a courtroom uh, on behalf of my client. And it, and you know, we find our. I find the cause to be that the, you know, we, we find the truth in what we do, even if it's not innocence, you know, it's like, so maybe the truth is they can't prove it. Or maybe the truth is this is really a good guy and there's too much prosecution going on there. There's an overreach. Or maybe the truth is look, the guy just needs a defense and somebody has to do it. And if I don't do it, then everything breaks down. Um, Or maybe the truth is my own ego and I need to go out there and just win a case (laughs) so my business is advanced. But whatever it is, I think actors probably have to do something like that, too. And what you said is, like, actors were disagreeing inherently. So you have black actors playing a part in a play that was contrary to what they believed. And I guess comment on Did you get to talk to any of those folks and and how they how they handled that internally?
3: Well, you know, I don't think I had many conversations specifically about that. But I will tell you that there were people there who I'm still friends with today, you know, and I, I, I really believe they just—they did it for the art. They were able to put aside their personal convictions for two hours and be a character. And that's what theater that's what actors are supposed to do. Right. What a challenge. Yeah. It seems like a great challenge. Yeah. And so I appreciate and respect those those people. I mean, do I think they're wrong ideologically? Of course. But I can respect them for for stepping out like that and doing it. Whereas there are quite a few others who just won't even try. You know, because they just don't like what my company has to say. Don't forget, I'm a jovial guy who's who's undermining democracy. Yeah. Don't forget
0: that. <laughs> well, think think what that does, though. Think think of the think of the limits that puts on somebody's artistic um, uh, potential. Absolutely. Like yeah. if like if you, I mean, if you never do anything that you aren't comfortable with, then. You will never get out of your own comfort zone, and if you never get out of your comfort, then you don't improve, right? When you go to the gym, you tear your muscles slightly; they get bigger and better, and you get stronger. Right. If you never do that in your art, how do you ever get better? It's it's such a one dimensional approach.
3: Oh, it absolutely is, and um, you know those those people, you know, um, kind of cocoon themselves in their little in their little world you know, where they where they don't want to be offended, they don't want to be hurt, you don't want to be, you know, you, you don't want to face any kind of adversity so you can just be comfortable in your own skin. But That's not what, I don't believe that art's purpose is to make everybody comfortable in his or her own skin. The opposite, right? Right. You,
0: you're supposed to sort of press. Press,
3: shake you up a little bit. Yeah. Well, is the same as
2: an audience member. Exactly. Yeah. They're, exactly. You know, walking out in the middle uh, it, it didn't give them the opportunity to stay through that whole play and talk about what they didn't like after, I, after, after the first part. That's right. So uh, they didn't right. get the opportunity
0: to talk it's about it. It's a refusal it. to even look behind another door. Right. I,
2: absolutely. How, how many of us have sat through a movie or a play and just like – uh, probably wasn't worth the money, but I'm going to stick it out. There's got to be some redemption in this, <laughs> right, you know? so, right? Well, there's well, no perfect well, play, no way. perfect movie. There's, there's none. no, no,
3: there's none. But I, I mean, and people do come in with certain expectations about what my theater. Well, company Twelve sure, mm-hmm. right, Angry might be perfect. It might be. I don't know. I I've actually heard from a legal perspective, it's not so perfect. Oh no, as a play, as a play, right? yeah, okay. Play. Yeah. Um, they do that play all the time now. It's twelve angry women, or twelve angry jurors, or if they don't have a large cast, they do six six jurors, twice as angry. Yeah. You
0: know, it's <laughs> a misdemeanor. There's only eight jurors.
3: One yeah. one it's, really pissed off guy. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I did. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine.
1: There does seem to be a a cultural uh, backlash in Hollywood. There are there is more space now, I think, for conservative or let's say mainstream common sense actors and actresses Mm -hmm. uh, and producers and playwrights and writers to come forward. It, It seems like the blacklisting, it might still be there, and I'm sure it is with a lot of a lot of uh, Hollywood. But gosh, you got uh, you know Jim Caviezel and Patricia Heaton, Tim Allen, Kirk Cameron, Kelsey Grammer, James Woods, David Mamet, uh, John Voight, you know Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You've got all these people that have now created some ability, I would think, for people to say. You know, hey, we we don't have to be a homogeneous population. We we can have differences and we can still be professional and work things out. And and I guess on a micro level or a macro level, that's what, uh, you know, stage right theatrics is exploring all the time. I remember after Uncanny, the lead actor said, I disagree with just about everything that Robert you know, uh, philosophically uh, in mm-hmm. terms of politics. Right. But uh, he was a tremendous actor in that, in your, in your production. Is- and he went along with his role mm-hmm. and, and, but yet still preserved what he felt was his dignity and his point of view,
3: right. which is great. Yeah. You're talking right. about a stage actor or a film actor. I'm, I'm just curious.
1: Oh. Your actor in
0: the on the Unstanding. stage, yeah. Well, yeah. One, yes. of yes. one of the
3: actors. The, one, well, there were only two actors on stage, and then there were actors in the yes. film. So okay. I was just wondering which, yes. which one it was. Okay, I know I I have an idea uh who it was. Yes, and 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 he uh, he was a film actor actually, and he yeah he's you know he's very proud to say he's of the other side and etc. I had heard that some somebody decided to look through Claven's script. And told the director this is full of misogyny, uh, which I didn't see.
0: I didn't see any I of didn't that. see any of that Maybe either. Maybe quite the opposite, no. actually.
3: Yeah. yeah, I didn't no. see any of that. Um no. but you know, this is this is standard stuff. But you, you talk about Hollywood. Um, you're right, there are these people, right? Um, but they are still a very small, small minority. Hollywood doesn't seem to have gotten the message. It, that's what bugs me. They well, don't seem to get the message.
0: They just keep doubling and tripling they cu- down, Keblin, tripling and down. Look, like the the what was the biggest blockbuster of our time? It's like Top Gun two, Top Gun. Which it look, it, it was it was a fun movie to go see, but it was yeah. hardly uh artistically pushing the envelope yeah, on yeah. anything, right? And yet we all looked at like the world looked at that like, wow, this is awesome. It's because the bs that's been coming out for that's so right. long has been just all, like this tom hanks movie it's like you know why do it you know you have this chance to do something really cool it's sort of like um um uh grand torino yeah i was thinking of that film. right the, the yeah. clint eastwood film Yeah. which was phenomenal right right he took like he took on all those same issues and did it in the way maybe i think your play was doing it right yes. it's sort of yes. made a parody of it that's right and i, I don't know uh it, it so we've got this action thriller that would have been just an action thriller mm-hmm. 25 years ago now is the best movie we've ever seen right it? right
3: i i did watch that movie on a plane ride uh i think to israel this past um uh fall top gun 2 you watched top on gun play, yeah top gun 2 yeah and uh yeah i agree with you i mean it was it was whipped cream uh meaning that it was it tasted really good but mm-hmm. it wasn't going to do a lot for me culturally yeah. you know after but i understand the 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 feelings about it that it was you know hooray we've got something that's that's it's, we can embrace It's just I mean, like, Ugh. right, yeah, right.
1: The but the big you- controversy, uh, in Top Gun 2 uh, was with the Chinese current Chinese government mm-hmm. really wanted uh, the character uh, that uh, the main character was wearing his father's flight jacket mm-hmm. and it had a, uh, a South Korean flag yeah. sewn into that leather jacket. Oh, is that and right? I wanted- didn't know this. The
0: original top in oh, the Mavericks yeah. jacket, they, they had to take off the South Korean flag. Yeah. No, oh. no, they left it in. I thought they had no. to take it out for China. Well, for, the, well, for the release maybe, in China, you mean? Yeah, I thought that maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe, it was a controversy. Maybe we'll for,
1: that, so. But the, they wanted it out yeah. of the movie- Completely for all markets.
3: For all markets, yeah.
1: China well, didn't want a a hero yes, character well. to be a to be a Korean war veteran, you know, right, and wearing his jacket,
3: right. All so, the more reason to keep it in, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, uh,
1: and 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 Tom Cruise insisted that it stay in.
3: Good for him. So
1: you, you yeah, good gotta him. give him a little good for. Credit. Yeah,
3: we'll give him credit. Yeah. Uh, to me, the way that this movement is going to be forwarded. Is in the grassroots. Yeah, companies like mine. A, there are quite a number of um, Christian-based filmmakers. Some who do theater. Um, they're out there on the landscape. I've interviewed a number of them, and uh, I think that's how you're going to slowly but surely win over the hearts and minds of the population. Uh, which I, yeah. which in general, I think is willing to be won over.
0: Well, this is what we do. And look, not to toot our own horn here, Common Sense Ohio was that, that was the idea, right? Mm -hmm. We can say we're a conservative podcast, but I like to think we just talk about things with common sense, ask questions when I'm wrong, I'm wrong, when I'm right, I'm right. We'll argue, we'll bicker, we'll do whatever. And if you've got a contrary idea, come on in. But I think, I think people are starving for common sense. Yeah. It's like you can't piss down my back and tell me it's raining, uh, (laughs) to borrow Clint Eastwood's line. And, uh, (laughs) And, and let, it's like people need more. They, they, I think fundamentally all we have to do to, I mean, it's a culture war, so to speak, you know, and it's like to, to just speak the truth. And, and when you're wrong, admit it, when you're right, admit it and have a common sense approach at it. And I think you're right. It's a slow advance, but I think it's happening when, when you see Top Gun taking off like that, no pun intended. It's, um, it's a little bit hopeful to me because people are sick of this crap, I agree. I agree. And I think, the, the, the you know, anything that heats up quickly
3: cools down quickly. So if this is a slow march toward truth, uh, then that's going to last a long time, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And, and what's exciting is the market wants it and the market supports it. Right. So therefore, seats will be in our butts will be in the seats and well, tickets yeah. will sell. And- so, so. Take a chance. You know we don't Do have this to go and see to if somebody. Yeah, will go to it. I exactly. mean, or if you may enjoy. It, try give it a shot. It's worth right. the twenty bucks, twenty five. I don't want ticket prices are, but you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: give it a shot. Well, this is like you're, you're, you know, we don't, and maybe because of what's happened here, you've got we had this splintering in the media. You know, so you had Fox News and you had MSNBC on the other side, and then both of those have sort of crumbled now. And now it's like us. You know, it's yeah. podcasters. It's Andrew Clavin. Mm, it's right. um. It's uh, ben Megyn Chi- Kelly, ben,
3: ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro,
0: right, and now right. going to be Tucker. And I, I don't always agree with Tucker, but you know he's he's out there speaking what he mm-hmm. like he's out there debating people on some of this stuff, and I think it's awesome. And yeah. I think uh, you know now, and I think maybe your your theater is like a, a version of that in the arts. You know, you,
3: I appreciate that you
0: don't have to go fly to New York to watch a play or, or wait for the Broadway production to come to the Ohio Theater or whatever That's right. it is. That's right. You we can see this stuff. In your theater, and I remember growing up, there was always – there was like a play Shakespeare or something going on in some small church in Galena, Ohio. I'm like, you know, it's like that's out there, and I think those – people are more open to this maybe now because they're open to podcasts and getting their news different places. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to spill over into the arts. It has to. I I, think think it has to
2: too. I (laughs) want to ask you, going back to that question then, to you mentioned earlier in the podcast about – 30 um, arts groups in central ohio and mm-hmm. kind making comments like uh oh, maybe too many <laughs> but is that based in regards to they just overlapping each other yeah. I mean because i think that that's healthy that's no, great the, uh, but, I but agree you know you me. know the inside baseball on this though of course well
3: a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. you you devil's advocate Yeah. You. <laughs> um you know the the problem is is that from my perspective, a lot of them are doing the same kind of okay. stuff. All right, you know, there was a point here in Columbus where I mean, there were like four productions of Annie going on. You know, within a few months' time, um, I have no objection to the standard theater fair You know, uh, the Rogers and Hammerstein stuff, or you know, um, or, or like or Neil Simon comedies. They have their place. They're wonderful. You want a night to relax and have a good time and sing a few songs. You know, in your head, I think that's one. Wonderful, but my company doesn't do well. My company company usually doesn't do that. The reason I say that is because in November we are doing the Fantastics, which is a musical, which is a, a lovely musical. It's a small musical, and it's it's just hearts in the right place, that kind of thing. And so we're going to do it. Why are we doing it? A, I love the I love the musical, and a lot of people in town love the musical, but also. It's going to be a moneymaker.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I got to be honest. It's well, going to be a moneymaker. It's I mean. funny you
2: say that because I was on the at one time on the marketing committee for Ballet Met and the oh, artistic uh-huh. director always wanted that edginess Yeah, it, because because that, that's the creativity. That's what but it, they also yeah. know we got to do Dracula. Right. We got to do the Nutcracker because right. we got to pay the bills.
3: How so, scary is Dracula pirouetting over to your neck? No, That's a question I have. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. You know. So I, I, know I, so I get that. besides <laughs> that, you've
2: got to have, and and you also have people on the board that wants to want the traditional classical ballet. Yeah. yeah. But, the, but at the same time, you get this yin and the yang, you got the artistic director who wants, I really want the edgy stuff because I want new blood coming in for the, the, the new look of ballet right. here in Columbus. Right. So it's that balance. It is that balance.
3: Yeah. And mostly I'm going to fall on the balance of doing of the edgy stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, your,
0: your, that's your lane, right? That's, my, right. that's my lane. But right. I will
3: I will go on the off ramp to continue the driving metaphor mm-hmm. and I will and I will put on the you know the, the what's well, called it, it's more like the outer belt is that the <laughs> outer belt that that's the an bypass. endless loop <laughs> the you're going to take the bypass
0: so have you ever worked a, I just had a thought you know in in my my youngest son is sort of he plays music he's a musician mm-hmm. he's a he um Uh, Now I've forced classical retire down his throat and he's almost better than I am and not even almost, (laughs) but you know, he's, he's really advanced. And Uh I remember in grade school, he was on the stage. He was the, he got a lead in one of the plays and he didn't even try and he just did it. Uh, I still have that video, which is phenomenal. And you know, it dawned on me, it's like, how does, how does one advance in the arts to become an actor or a performer or any of it? If you're on the wrong side or the right side, rather, of the political debate, I mean, have you had any experience talking to actors about that or conservative yeah, a, actors? a
3: few actually. Actors and playwrights from across the country, and basically, what they have to do is kind of closet themselves. They don't talk about it, you know. If they if they come in appearing neutral and say nothing, they sh- they can skirt by,
2: hmm.
3: you know. Uh, that's a shame, though. But then again, I don't I don't expect people to come to an audition and say. Hi, I'm a liberal, and I'm letting you know. Although you, what what's common now at auditions is, hi, my name is Robert Cooperman, and my pronouns are me, myself, and I. Um,
0: yeah. So I, you've, you've but which is which is a which is a veiled disguise way of saying I'm a liberal, right?
3: I right. don't. Yeah. Well, some groups in town are actually now. You know, you you have to state it. Like, uh, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to say names, but. Uh, I was in a uh, – I've known of productions where um, everybody's pronouns are included in the playbill whether you want them or not. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just – there's no choice, you know. I, I will never choose to put in my pronouns because I don't – I think it's insanity. So I'm not going to do that.
0: It, it's so um, – I agree. I mean, and, and it, it just – it, it, it really I, I – got to think this through because if you have to hide and sort of disguise your viewpoint and, and you know play in the shadows if you're a conservative and you want to be in the arts – you know, then you take it well, back to Andrew. Clay, you take a guy like Clavin who said, "You know what? I'm not doing that. I'm just going right. to come out, and here's what I am. And if Hollywood rejects it, so be it. This is what I believe. This is who I am. And this is what I'm going to produce." Right. Um, and he found tremendous success doing it. I think that's a lot because he's great at what he does. Yes, absolutely. Um, but he never would have had. Like, I, I wonder if he had the same success if he didn't do that, or he probably wouldn't be personally fulfilled as if he as he is now. I think that's um,
3: true. I think that's true. It, yeah, he's terrific at what he does. So. Um, you know that you know, people appreciate it from an artistic perspective, yeah. and he's established himself, et cetera, So you know he can pretty much say what he wants. Uh, uh, one of the questions I always ask people in the arts who are conservative is, "What recommendation does y- do you have for younger people?"
0: Which is what I, this question I asked you, I guess. Yeah, and, and a and lot more succinctly stated. Yeah, this. well, yeah.
3: you know, I'm, I'm a pro at this, so yeah, Steve. You are a pro. Um, <laughs> and and they they always say, "Don't give up," and and don't back down. But that also doesn't mean you don't walk in there announcing who you are, other than your name. You know, I'm a conservative, and if you don't like it, lump it. Well, because that, that. that's
0: sort of contrary to the conservative view, right? It's like that's pride, right? right? That that's pride, right? And the, you know, the 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 deadly sin of pride. That's you know? right. It's like is uh, if you've ever read C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity's got a whole chapter devoted to pride. You yeah. know, and it's like uh, it sort of is that, isn't it? To say yeah. I am this. I am this, and you better know it. And now I want you to know it. But if you just go in and be yourself, mm-hmm. um, so I guess hiding doesn't mean hiding. Maybe it means don't announce it, but don't uh, back down from don't it. Don't back
3: either. down. Yeah, if somebody asks you, tell them who you are.
0: Yeah, truth. But you're right. Yeah, truth. But um,
3: but you know, you don't go in there announcing it. And to me, that pronoun stuff is announcing it. We had it was a recent audition that I was attending, and one person said that it was a she. Uh, you know her pronouns were he, she, they, it, and I wasn't sure if she was trying to be p- parody it or the whole pronoun thing, or you know just covering the gamut. So I chose to call her it. You know <laughs> she's she's off. She offered it out there, right? She's she believes she's an it, so she's an it. The they yeah. thing, the they thing, blows my mind. You know I'm an English PhD. Oh, it's maddening. You don't you don't use you know people hate when I say well, this, but yeah. you don't use a plural pronoun to replace a singular noun that's not like it hasn't been done in this country for for generations but it's never right, right.
2: and i'm on the side of the it it has no soul right it, it has and it said, i'm no, sorry right. you have
0: a soul you do I'm have not a gonna soul. call you it uh, yeah.
2: I, on my on my when they're the, depriving it was the thing. people
0: of identity right it's, that's what the they thing is. it does. is a yeah. table
2: it is a microphone
0: right i have yeah. a funny story about that i was at court and i was representing somebody who was accused of some uh, crimes and uh this, Makes uh, yeah, let's just sense, say yeah. it was, uh, this was somebody who was trans, right? So okay. I, um, I'm talking to her and she's telling me about the case and I was at court and, uh, we were talking about a potential witness and she, she used the word they mm-hmm. talking about witnesses and I, and I stopped and I just said, hold on a second. And I had this moment of doubt, like, is there, am I confusing this case with something else? Because I thought there was only one other person in the car, right? And I looked at her, I said, wait a minute, wait, and I, you know, as a lawyer, you're thinking, all right, do I want to be exposed to somebody who's not prepared for a case? Do I, you know, I have this moment of doubt where I'm thinking sure. I better go check my file or, or make sure I got the right person here. And I didn't, I just said, I just said, look, I thought there was only one other person in the car. And she goes, no, they, that's my partner. That's, mm. that's the pronoun. Mm. And I said, listen, <laughs> listen, I don't care. Right. I, I, I really don't care. It, I, I, I give you, I, I have no judgment over this whatsoever. Other than we have to be specific. I'm going into a courtroom. I can't say they talking about one witness. Right. And it, it caused me, I never wrote it. I started to write it. I never finished it. But why you don't want your defense lawyer to be woke? Because I can't communicate. And you're an English major. And, and Brett, I know that you're Why It's like you have to use language that communicates to people with specificity. That's right. That's right. So they understand what you're saying. And if you don't, you lose identity. You lose value. And As Brett, like you said, you lose your soul.
3: Yeah. I think the whole they thing is dehumanizing because in a huge way, but you know, these are people who want to announce their uh, chosen gender to the world, right? By using they, you've lost all sense of gender, right? I don't know what you are. Yeah. If you want to be a, he say, I'm a, he, if you want to be a, she say, I'm a, she, but if
0: you say I'm a, they, then I don't know. Yeah. And you know, it's like back to 12th night, we started with this. Maybe we'll we'll sort of wrap up. It's like, it, The fact that that was a woman pretending to be a guy or dressed up, it's like that was the cool part of the story. And that was the identity of it. Like her identity Mm -hmm. was important in that play. And it was funny. And it was, you know, it was it was it was pretty cool. But this isn't what's going on. No, it it is stripping people of identity, not giving them identity.
3: Don't forget that Twelfth Night is a comedy. We've lost the whole sense of what's funny.
0: Yeah, in well, this exactly. country. Yeah. So
3: it would never today. I mean, something like that would be taken in, in the under the umbrella of um, uh, gender construction and things like that. You know, yeah. or gender dysphoria, whatever you want to say. Um, it, it's just funny. Mm-hmm. Just somebody dressing as a, you know, dressing up. But hee hee hee. It's really not.
0: You know. Yeah, hee-hee. and that was part I
3: think
1: of. The- I, it's, I think part of what will, in the long term, bring down. Some of the some of the progressive and woke stuff is the internal contradictions that are rolling out in real time. And people Mm -hmm. are seeing it. The idea that uh, trans men uh, are competing in uh, collegiate athletics and taking away these Title IX uh, scholarships uh, potential uh, is is huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and things like, um, you know, like that, things, things where, as Steve mentions, it's just not precise and it's not scientific and it doesn't make any sense uh, in logic. And I think as more and more of that rolls out, the idea that we identify first by race or by gender you know, the idea that uh, of cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. You know, people are complaining that Sir Lawrence Olivier portrayed Hamlet, who was supposed to be a swarthy. You You're know, thinking a fellow.
3: A fellow, a fellow. A fellow, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: Yes. You know, so they're uh, they're upset about that, but yet a whole group of men can pretend to be women. Well, that isn't that cultural. Uh, appropriation, yeah. you're you're taking on woman, but you're not a, you're not a woman, but you're taking those aspects on. Right. You're violating the same norm that you're complaining, Sir Lawrence Olivier
3: violated. Yeah, I think the contradictions are what are going to do them in. But again, it's not coming. Pointing out those contradictions is not coming from the mainstream media uh, generally not um, at all. It's going to come from the grassroots. It's going to come yeah. from within America. You mentioned fantastic people like, oh, go
1: on. People like Riley Gaines. The, yes, the, you know, the, the people out there at the grassroots who this is really impacting and it's hurting them They're you know, as more and more of these stories roll out about how ridiculous and unfair and harmful yeah. this all is. I, I think, uh, what did what did we call that? The moms in Virginia, you know, like when oh, yeah. when when they, when they went in to demand that the uh, that the school board, the subject matter, the books, yeah. you know, all of this stuff, uh, be uh, gone through and make sure that there's not uh, you know pornography or whatever for their children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it had a major impact on that election. Absolutely. Uh, You know, and and so I think that's the long term thing that's going to bring this woke stuff uh, down and make it irrelevant again. Right. Like, Robert, you said when things when things ascend very quickly, they also descend quickly. Right. And I think maybe this this is an experiment that America is going through and it's going to fail.
3: I agree with you. And I, I, hope. I, I hope so too. I agree with you. And I also remain hopeful that that is the case. Right.
0: So what's next at uh, stage, right theatrics? Um, we have a production in
3: uh, August and it is called a crime of forgiveness. Now this play is a, a true story of a woman who was visiting her friend and her friend's son attacked his mother with a knife, killed her, and then attacked the friend and uh, severely injured her. And she has forgiven him. And that's what this play is about. This is a true Ah, story, the playwright. Yeah. So I thought that forgiveness, you know, and and the thing is about this play is that not only does she forgive him, but the criminal— understands what he did was wrong you know there's there's that soul-searching that understands the fault lies not in our stars but in ourselves to quote that Shakespeare guy we mentioned before yeah what does he know yeah well yeah up and coming um but uh, <laughs> but uh, I really loved what this play had to say and she has actually spoken across the country about it this is her first play her name is Lynette Grace so we are doing that play in August
0: what's interesting boy you 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 know, what you and I do or or, or what we experience maybe is very similar or parallel, rather, because Mm -hmm. you talk about forgiveness. I go into courts all the time where there are victims of crime that show up at sentencing. And um, what I have seen, and this may be a pushback to some people on the the right side of the political aisle, is that, you know, we now have uh, victims rights amendments in Ohio where victims have this say in court, and it sounds awesome, and it's great, but what's happening is it's getting twisted and tortured in ways that aren't so good, because you don't get to that forgiveness and redemption. Mm-hmm. When there's, when people are celebrated as victims, and the victim victimhood is itself a celebration, right. as opposed to something you have to get through, uh, it has no end, and, you know, so, you know, even if I have a client who is truly remorseful, who is truly uh, uh, going to be punished, you know, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, and I hear what people are saying just over the last 20, 25 years of doing this, hearing how victims show up in court and what mm-hmm. their message is, you know, the pain seems to be fresh, uh, all the way through. And mm-hmm. there, there is, there's no journey of grief that you have to get mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. And I think forgiveness at the end of that has to be part of that journey. Yeah. And if it's not, you never get through
3: it. That's right. And you know, the forgiveness for me translates into hope, redemption. Right, you know, which is like, what my company wants to show, so, and that's like, and there's know, meaning.
0: There, there's something at the end of that adversity that has right. value, and if you never get through the adversity and you just live it forever, you just you never get anywhere.
3: That's right, and, and you just eat yourself up alive.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about how they get a hold of you or how they get a hold of Stage Right Theatrics. How do people buy tickets? How do they learn all about what's going on over there?
3: It's stagert.org is my website. stagert.org. And from there, you can find out about our next productions, although I must update my website now that the other production closed. I'm a one-man show. So, you know, I do I do <laughs> all aspects of the of the business, if you will. Um and, yeah, stagert.org. You can find out how to get tickets. You can find out what we're all about. You can see podcasts uh, that I've been involved with. You can see the Andrew Clavens play. Lots of different things on there. Uh, there's some great recipes. Okay, no, we didn't do that. <laughs> Sorry, you know, I, I, forget, I, I forget half the time. Um, but um, it's really, that's where you can find us out. And, and it's also, you can find out how to contact us. And I would love it for people who are, watch, are listening to this show Contact me and tell me what you think. Offer, offer advice, offer suggestions, offer support, and like you said, offer some money. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I hate, to, I hate to be crass about it. I hate to be crass, but I, I exist on the largesse of our patrons. I don't yeah. have a lot a great track record with local granting organizations.
0: I, I, I can imagine not. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Not.
3: yeah, we've had. Yeah, that's there's another story. But for you're doing show.
0: God's work. You know, you're out there. I like to think so. Yeah, yeah. you're out there uh, pushing an agenda. Agenda's not even the right word. Pushing a philosophy. I think that has meaning and value for both sides of the aisle.
3: Absolutely, and that's yeah. something I want. I want to reach out and continue to strive for.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, Well, with that, we're going to wrap up another riveting commonsensical episode of Common Sense Ohio. You can reach it at commonsenseohioshow.com, where if you scroll down to the bottom, you can subscribe, or actually right at the top, you can subscribe. You scroll down to the bottom, you can check out all of Norm's uh, blog posts, some of Brett's blog posts. I still lag behind as I do every single work at The Big Goose Egg. I've not written a blog yet. I promise one of these days I'll do it. Um, And it would be really helpful for us if you subscribe to our podcast and share it with your buddy. And not just like you can share it on Facebook if you want to do that. That'd be great. But I mean, like at the picnic, at the Memorial Day party, at the graduation party, or whatever it is you're doing in the coming weeks, say, hey, look, we heard this show, Common Sense Ohio, a guy named Robert Cooperman was on, and there's lots of other great guests coming on. And they're really talking about things in a genuine way. Check them out. I promise you'll like it. See, that's all true. So you don't even have to lie. You can just like, or you can just, what she tells to do, Norm, we have to subscribe and share. Uh, so until now, we are coming at you right from the middle at com.